What's up, everyone? Welcome back to NFL Only here on Spark Talk. And today we have the divisional round of the playoff predictions. Um, but first, we have some news, so we'll dive right into that. Uh, off the top, Tom Brady went to his IG and posted that he will be playing in 2020. Uh, obviously, we don't know at this time um, who he's going to be playing for, whether it's the Patriots or not. But to tie into that, Tom Brady um, is seeking a multi-year contract at market level value which means he's wanting at least 30 million or more um, per year which the Patriots have never played to any player ever yeah so we'll see how that turns out but what are your thoughts on that uh he's not going back to New England that's for sure yeah well, unless I'll, they pay him because I don't understand why he's asking for that much if he actually really wants to win a ring mm-hmm. I think he just wants to play one more year to get the money and then retire I honestly think that's what he wants to do. There's no reason for him to get that money if he wants to win a championship. Because we've seen uh, Rodgers, Russell Wilson, we've seen the talent around them, but they're able to move and everything, move outside the pocket and throw outside the pocket. Where we see Tom Brady do that, and just him in the pocket this year hasn't been uh, good. And like the, the Patriots passing game just hasn't been that good this year in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason those two teams, the Green, uh, Packers and Seahawks, make the playoffs is the abilities of Russell and uh, Aaron Rodgers to escape outside the tackle box and make stuff happen hmm. uh, with lesser talent because of their contracts. Uh, we've seen history repeat itself over and over with that. When you get the highest paid quarterback in the league, Usually the team doesn't do as well yeah. in the coming years. Yeah, uh, we see him with uh, Andrew Luck. Yeah, can't really build a team around him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I just don't. I don't get this move by Brady if he wants to win a championship. Yeah, it just I mean, doesn't make sense. I mean, that's going to be the fear with uh, Pat Mahomes. Yeah. When they make him the first two hundred million dollar player in NFL history, like I don't know how you're going to recover from paying a guy that much money. You're not going to have Travis Kelsey back. You're not Travis. You're going to lose Tyree. You're going to lose Mitchell lose Schwartz. Everybody. You know, you're, yeah, you're going to lose everybody that's ever been on your team. Like, you will have a different team around you. That's $40 million a year for a quarterback. It's stupid. I'm sorry. I would take, yeah. honestly, I would take Alex Smith over Patrick, a $200 million contract Patrick Mahomes. I just think it's ridiculous. If you actually want to win a Super Bowl, don't, don't, uh, don't sign that contract. Mm-hmm. If I, get, I, I feel like some p- players, and I feel like it's more on the NBA side, care more about the money mm-hmm. than they do about actually winning championships and their own legacy. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. means a big means a big part in it, but... Yeah, for, no, for look, I'm audience, not going to fault somebody for getting their money, but yeah. Audience, for the audience and the viewers, it's, it's not as exciting because you don't see those big names in it because they signed a huge contract and now they're... And, Obviously, football is the ultimate team sport. Mm-hmm. You need other people around you. They have these huge, these have these huge contracts. They don't have a team around them. Yeah, and they can't do it all on their own. And as an audience member, you don't see Pat Mahomes in the playoffs. You don't see Deshaun Watson. Uh, we get people like Blake Bortles. We get people like uh, Mitch Trubisky. We get we get those quarterbacks that are just either average or below average, with great teams around them. Mm-hmm. And that's why the Patriots dynasty has been going so long. Yeah. Is because he's taking pay cuts. Yeah. And for sure. it just doesn't make sense to me why he would 
why he why he wants to get this mm. if it's if it's true. Yeah. Um, and to move on to tie into that as well, um, we have two more things uh, related to the Patriots. Josh McDaniels is fifty fifty um, on staying with the Patriots as of now. Obviously, the Browns are the last team to need a head coach, and you know all his ties to the Ohio area. You know his dad uh, was a, is like a legendary high school coach there. He grew up there. He, you know there's reports that you know he's he he grew up like his dream was always to be a head coach for the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. And and look, I I would I would. I would assume, and I heard some interesting stuff where, you know, one as a head coach, once you have two places that you screw up at, you're kind of viewed viewed as like he doesn't really get another chance. He, you don't get three times to be mm-hmm. a bad head coach. Like no team wants to take that chance. Well, he screwed up big time in Denver. Um, you know, his ego. Uh, he traded Jay Cutler. He wanted Tim Tebow. Like there was all these different things, and ultimately he failed hard. Went mm-hmm. to Indy, or that's right, he didn't go to Indy because he committed and then last second decommitted from becoming the Indianapolis Colts his, head coach. He's ruined his coaching career. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say he ruined the career per se. Well, yeah, he ruined his reputation. Well, yeah, that, yeah. his coaching reputation. Yeah. I say that. I, like, how could you trust anything he says? Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's my thing. And look, I know the Browns are in desperate need of somebody big time, of a good coach, but <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, why not? Honestly, but, yeah, he's probably there for two years. It's probably what your window is at this point. Yeah, it's two years. Yeah, but I mean, gra- grab a guy like uh, Josh McDaniels. I mean, if if the Browns can get him and he wants to be there, this could be a good fit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I could also see him staying with the Patriots. So it's not surprising to me that he's fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you on everything. I just there's I don't see him leaving New England. And if he does, it's I think it's he was expecting Bill Belichick to leave it sooner, mm-hmm. and Bill Belichick's not leaving like he thought he would. Yeah, that's what, right it, now it's looking like Belichick may stay another few years. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah, that's what I see. Um, and also related to the Patriots, so Peter King, uh, who runs the Monday morning uh, quarterback, yeah, Monday morning quarterback mm-hmm. uh, for uh, I think it's I think he's with NBC now. Was one of the uh, best, uh, one of the best sports reporters in history. Period. Yeah, in history. Yeah, like when he says something, uh, it's usually a lot of people hold it in pretty high regard. And so Peter King believes that the Patriots could sign Andy Dalton. Yes, quarterback from the Bengals, Andy Dalton, the Red Rifle, <laughs> <laughs> um, as a bridge quarterback to mentor Jared Stidham if they can't get Tom Brady to come back. And uh, be their quarterback next season. Yeah, I know we kind of talked about this earlier, but what are your thoughts on this? Because uh, I think I, this is, I, I think this could be. I think huge. it's. I think it's smart because then guess what happens? They sign Andy Dalton. Then what comes up here? You get probably you you can go get AJ Green his favorite target. You can go get Amari Cooper because you have the money to do it. Mm-hmm. And then you can. Uh, <laughs> Wouldn't that be such a slap in the face to Tom Brady though? Oh, don't Bill Belichick would do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I think, yeah. they, like we reported on a couple of days ago in our podcast and our in our uh, recap, they want to win a championship without each other. That mm-hmm. there's rumors going around that they want to, and I know that window for both of them is like literally like yay big. But if they can, if either of them can make it happen, where they could win one without the other, I guarantee you they would do it. So, I mean, those, those are some good points. Yeah, I just I, I can see I can see it happening. 
Mm-hmm. And the running back situations, I hate how everybody tries to diss the running back situation. I just don't think Josh McDaniels uses them properly. I think he uses them in the pass game too much and actually run the football. Mm-hmm. We've seen what they can do running the football when they use the power run game. Mm-hmm. And they usually are pretty I think they definitely need it. another running back, I would say. I think they like need a Liger- big... like a LeGarrette Blunt. Exactly, yeah. Because yeah. that's when that that's when that running game thrived, when they had him I can see plus them. White plus, you know, those guys. What, what if they just go get yeah, Adrian Green and Mario Cooper, or you have Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, I mean, it's a possibility for sure. I can see it happening. Uh uh, and I also need to improve yeah. that offensive line as well. Yeah, I would say that's a big priority for them this offseason because I, I think defensively, you know, they need a pass rusher, like a, I think an elite pass rusher. They're losing a lot of guys on defense though to free agency too, so they got some decisions to make of who they want to bring back and sign. I'm sorry, as honestly, so, my thing is, I'm sorry, as Belichick staying. Yeah, there's not even like any rumors of him retiring or anything. Like, yeah. I think he wants to stay and coach. I, I think he does too. I just think you know, especially like losing like that, like Belichick ain't. That's not his mo. He ain't gonna retire out on that, out on that kind of note. Yeah. Unless he's like seventy four, and it's like, okay, now you're past your time. But he's yeah. still what mid sixties, you know. Uh, no, he's I think, late sixties. Is he late sixties? Yeah. I still think he's got another, you know, three to four years of coaching left in him. I really do. As long as he wants to do that, I think he has that capability. He um, is sixty seven. So, yeah. So I think he could coach till he's seventy one, seventy. Or, yeah. I think he can 70, coach. 71, maybe maybe so. till he's seventy four. Like you said, like I mean, yeah. 75. Like we've seen coaches do it before. Yeah, and I mean, Belichick doesn't necessarily act old. Mm. You know, I, he doesn't act like like Nick Saban's close in that age range too. But Nick Saban acts like he's in his late 40s, early 50s, right? Belichick doesn't act like that. You know, honestly, but he doesn't act like he's 80. Huh. You know, he doesn't act like his age either. Yeah, you know, he keeps up with the times and yeah, yeah. Bill Snyder coaching at Kansas State's head coach. He coached there for like 50 years. He was. 80, and yeah. he retired this pat late before this uh, last uh, college football season. Yeah. So you can coach for a while. Just honest, It honestly matter, uh, matters about your health. Joe Paterno, he was still coaching at the age of like 88. Mm-hmm. So it just, it just matters about your health yeah. and everything. If, he's health, if he feels good about his health, he'll continue coaching. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and so we'll move on. Uh, just a little tidbit of news. Um, Monday night football is trying and will try to steal Tony Romo away from CBS. Um, I think it's funny. I think it's I think it's funny too. They obviously know what the uh, what the sentiments are for Booger McFarlane and uh, and what's going on with that situation. And I think Booger McFarlane gets a little bit more hate than honestly he deserves, but he's not that great up in the booth. Um, no. And it was I mean it was we I think all of us thought it was pretty bad last year when they had J, uh, Jason Witten there. I can't remember anything. I'm sorry but he, 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 he had some CTE issues. You yes. Clearly see it. Clearly and uh he was he was struggling. Yeah. And Booger just, you know, wasn't that good and then they thrust him into that role cuz they didn't have anybody else. Yeah. Um it'd be big for them if they could get Tony Romo for they sure. Be got, huge. They should have if Pat McAfee's willing to do it, let him do it. Um, him, yeah, him, why not? Because Joe Joe is the play-by-play guy, mm-hmm. and then you need the color commentator, the one that makes it fun, the one that makes it exciting. Pat, Mc, Pat McAfee can do that. I'm sorry, Booger, Jason Witten just weren't good at it. Uh, John Gruden was amazing at it. Yeah, Mike Tirico was amazing at the play-by-play. Mm-hmm. You need color commentators to help build the excitement for their game. Uh, mm-hmm. That's why, Chris, even though people dish on Chris Collinsworth, he makes the game more exciting. Yeah, uh, he knows what he's talking about. 
you know, obviously he has all the analytics from Pro Football Focus. Yeah. I mean, he has a lot of things that, like like you said, I mean, yeah. he, he makes you want to watch it. Now, he can get a little too much just flaunting over certain quarterbacks and stuff. But yeah. at least it makes the game fun and interesting. Mm-hmm. At least you're willing there to sit there and actually watch it with him. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, I like Booger. He's just not the I, – I don't I – don't, I wouldn't mind – not seeing him again on uh, well commentating. I like his like if you seen him on SEC Network or anything else, he was pretty good at doing that type of stuff. Where mm-hmm. you watch uh, anything on ESPN like in the mornings with Rex Ryan or something, he's good at doing that stuff. Yeah, game in the booth, it's way different. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but I mean, I think Turner will be a huge get for them, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll see if they actually if. We'll see what happens because Tony Romo is a big commodity right now. Everybody loves listening to him. Um, you know, uh, listen to his play-by-play and what he brings to the game. I think he's is, brought a new. Uh, yeah. Now people are trying to be like Tony Romo. Now people are trying to predict. Right now people are trying to do that thing. Tony Romo is just a great mind, and I could see him going back to coaching. But I think right now he's enjoying this. I think he's going to do this for a few years, and then once he kind of you know takes a break from football and just the rigors of that. I could see him go back into coaching, but what were we going to say? Uh, I, I'm saying if he goes to ESPN, we might see a Super Bowl on ESPN for the first time. Yeah. I know ABC is part of ESPN, has been a part of ESPN for a while, yeah. but strictly on ESPN, we might see like our, it might be just the first ever Super Bowl on ESPN mm-hmm. if they get Tony Romo. Yeah. Now, that, the reason I'm talking about Pat McAfee is I just don't see Tony Romo leaving CBS. Yeah. Because so I think, they're I think gonna, they'll, they'll put out some money for They'll, they'll break the bank. So. For if he if he's thinking about leaving, yeah, and, and I can see Pat McAfee moving up there because he does Thursday night college football. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was a little getting to the groove gig for them to push him up into Monday night. Who was it? Pat McAfee. Oh, Pat. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he did yeah. Uh, Thursday night college football. I just had somebody else, and he's entertaining <laughs> listening to him mm-hmm. doing yeah. those games. Put him up. In yeah, that. he doesn't always act like you know the slapstick like, idiot that he yeah. that he does. He's, he knows football. He knows football for yeah. sure. And uh, I think he'd be a great addition. So, I mean, if they do go a route, I think he'd, he'd definitely make it more uh, so entertaining. He's just the first personality that comes to my mind. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we'll move on. The Philadelphia Eagles GM Howie Roseman um, believes uh, from some, from a couple of NFL executives, uh, from what they have heard, Howie Roseman believes that the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl window is basically closed, that it's closing as we speak. And uh, they are expected some pretty big and significant off-season changes um, once we get to that period of the NFL calendar. So we'll, we'll make see. a prediction on who might get cut because I, I got a I few. Think, I think Fletcher Cox could go. I think that look. I know he. I know he's one of the best, maybe the second best in the league. I think Fletcher Cox is definitely a person that could go. I mean, he's older. He's not. I mean, he's he's closer to the you know to the end of the prime than he is at the beginning. Um, Brandon, dominant, Brandon Graham is a guy I could see going. Uh, obviously, Aguilar, Jeffrey. Um, I think the I think the one hundred percent you're out of here is Jeffrey. Yeah, they paid him a lot of money. He performed really good in that first year. Mm-hmm. Malcolm and Jenkins, I think, injured. will be gone. There's obviously talks about Malcolm Jenkins yeah. doesn't want to come back unless he's getting paid more. And so I think he's going to be out the door. Um, the thing is, though, they're gonna, they're gonna, the Eagles could be in for a little bit of a rebuild or retool. The only for the thing next they need to keep years. is their offensive line. They keep the offensive line intact. Yeah. Carson Wentz will win you games. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Like if they can protect him, and if he can just stay healthy, like he can. What if they're thinking about I, trading him? 
I don't, I, possibly, but I don't think so. I, look, I know people are going to say like, well, he can't stay healthy and this and that. He's, he still is a great quarterback. He brings so much to the table. I mean, look what he did this year with this Eagles team that had virtually nothing on offense. <clears throat> say what you want about Miles Sanders. Like, oh, well, Miles Sanders is really good. I mean, he's, he's good. He's not great. He's nothing yeah. special. Well, he's I good. think I think he can be really or, good. Yeah, but or the Cox kid that came in, he's oh my god, he I mean, was great. Brandon Scott, or I said Cox, yeah, Scott. He's not Fletcher Cox, though. Uh, Scott, about how great he could be. Um, he's he's okay. Like he had a couple good games and came in and did pretty solid. Like uh, Carson Wentz is what holds this team together. So I don't see them trading him. <laughs> but look, if, I guess if any team, if a team came to him. And threw everything out under the table and said, "I want, I want Carson Wentz, and we'll give you literally everything to get him." Uh, nothing's impossible, but I don't see that happening. I do that. I definitely see see a lot of veterans uh, leaving and going different places, and I and I expect a lot of new faces and young faces within the uh, Eagles organization next year. Mm-hmm. I'm on that. Uh, and so we'll move on to our next bit of news, which is per an NFL executive. Um, from ESPN, Jeremy Fowler, he says that New Orleans may move on from Drew Brees, which means they would go to Taysom Hill as their quarterback one. Um, now we'll see if that's true. Obviously when you, like we talked about a couple days ago, when you hear things like this from an anonymous executive and you hear things like that, you've got to take it with a grain of salt. But I think there is something there. I think me and you both, I mean, I've heard people talk about Sean Payton is frustrated that they can't, mm-hmm. he can't move the ball down the field. That he's he's kind of is getting tired with the offense that they're running. Like it's just a bunch of well, short passes, dink and dunks. You, when you look at it, like they put Taysom Hill in there, they had Teddy in there. Teddy was throwing some bombs on the field. Mm-hmm. So was Taysom. Yeah. Like especially if you look in the playoff game, Taysom was just launching it fifty. Every time he threw it, it was a long play. He can clearly do play. things that Breeze can't. So. Yeah. Uh, the thing is though, with right Teddy. Now. Yeah. Where's Teddy? Where's Drew go? If this is true, yeah. I look. Drew said he wants to play. He doesn't like. Drew pretty much squashed all that retirement stuff. So I expect him to be back in New Orleans. I don't. I don't really. I take this with a grain of salt. But look, what, what if he goes I mean, to New England? Oh my gosh! If he went to, New, I, I don't know what would happen. But look, I think Drew Brees could go somewhere. He could go to a contender. I think he would go to a warm weather team. What like if he a, did? Colts. Yeah, what if he went to a Colts that was in a he dome? Played, he played with at a great Purdue. offensive line. And Wait, is, he's from Indianapolis, right? I want to say. Let me uh, see real quick. I know he's from Texas, I want to say. He went to Purdue, though. So he, he's familiar with that area um, you oh, know, yeah, from his is, college yeah. days. Yeah, and, uh, just trying to connect to college. And, but, and uh, but, yeah, no, for real, man. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he is familiar so. with that area. He, has, he is, um, you know, he did go to college there. He did have yeah. that story where nobody gave him a chance. Purdue gave him a chance. So, yeah, there are other ties there in, in Indiana. Um, honestly, that, look, as a Colts fan, like, I honestly wouldn't be that mad. Look, I know I, I am critical of Drew Brees at times, but, look, you bring a guy like Drew Brees into the door, it's going to make your team instantly better. I, I still feel yeah. like Drew Brees could play for another two to three years. And especially against the better offensive line than what he had in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a little bit better run game because yeah. of the offensive line. Uh, Alvin Kamara had a down year this year because Mark yeah. Ingram wasn't there. Yeah, because Alvin Kamara needs another guy. He's not the, he's not a main back. He's uh, special, see, but he ain't a main and back. And then, honestly, they could sign him and then draft a 
wide receiver in the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question with the Colts is they don't have that elite pass rusher to make that defense go from good to great. Yeah. That's my thing with the Colts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe that's, maybe that's what Drew Brees is looking at. He's maybe looking at all the options mm-hmm. and, and everything like that. Yeah, if, um, if it's true, if it's true that they're planning to move on from it. Uh, look, if they move on and they go to Taysom Hill and the Patriots move on from Drew or from Tom Brady, uh, there there's definitely going to be some interesting talk and some interesting discussion going on this offseason of where these guys could end up. Especially a guy like Drew Brees, who is still hungry to play, still wants to prove that he you know that he can win a Super Bowl, and I feel like he could offer another you know a team two to three years of good, really good quarterback play. What if he just went back to the Chargers? Look. That'd be hilarious. Hey, hey, look. They got a talented team, man. Anthony Lynn's a good head coach. Anything's possible. I'll say that much. Yeah. And then we'll move on to our last bit of news, which we shouldn't spend too much time time on this topic. But um, there were reports that the Giants were interviewing Jason Garrett as their offensive coordinator. And uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, Can't, you know, not too much to say other than, you know, like, hey, I guess he'd be a solid presence within that team, within that offense. He would offer experience to Joe Judge, um, being a first-time head coach, and obviously Garrett, um, you know, having a lot of experience coaching for the Cowboys. And obviously he would offer some mismatched issues and whatnot facing the Cowboys and how they run things and how they do things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think it would be the greatest hire in the world. So I don't think it, I don't think it would either. Just his numbers don't really match up to like what you want as a. Offense in, as a uh, offensive coordinator. Yeah, and honestly, I think you should take the approach that uh, that Mike McCarthy did, which was, hey, take a year off of football, start kind of relearning some things, go to analytics, kind of watch film again, take things with a new perspective. And uh, I think it could help him to be a better coach if he takes off a year and then tries to come back in the league as a coordinator or head coach somewhere. Yeah, like Mike McCarthy or something. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to predictions. Yeah, so we will move on to our prediction portion um, of this podcast. So why let's get started with that. Alright, so the Alright, let me try to refresh my alright, so I can get the uh stuff or the uh broadcast right. So first game Saturday, four thirty five NBC. Uh we got the Vikings at San Francisco. Uh, this is going to be a close game. This, this is just what I'm thinking. I think the Vikings are just going to pound the rock. Uh, San Francisco with a struggling run defense, mm-hmm. uh, with an injured, banged up defensive line, is going to struggle. Yeah. Uh, the thing that comes into play here is when they when. Vikings drop back the pass. How much pressure is going to get on them, and that will, and it, that will be determined on how the run game's doing. We've seen when they do, they do a lot of the stuff off of play action. The Vikings do. So when the run game's going and the run game's being successful for the Vikings, Kirk Cousins has a lot of time to uh, draw back there and read the field and make a really good throw. Because when Kirk Cousins has time, he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league. Mm-hmm. But when he starts getting pressure on him, that's when he falters. Uh, I'm gonna go with the upset though. I'm gonna go with the Vikings. Okay. In this one, uh, I What's was trying to lean into it. Uh, that one's hard. Uh, that's a hard score to predict. I'll go. 
21-17. Okay. The Vikings, yeah. Okay. Um, I've got the 49ers. Look, I think this will be a close game as well. I think this is going to be a hard-fought game. Um, I know some people think this could be a blowout, and reasonably so. Look, I, I think the 49ers are a great team. They're well-coached. But I do think there are some there are some matchup problems, like you said. Banged-up defensive line for the 49ers. Um, their de- run defense is not as great, and the Vikings want to run the football. I mean, I mean, what was that crazy stat we saw? Uh, Mike Zimmer is... 40 and 0. What is it? 40 and 0 or 30 and 0? Uh, I think it's 40 and 0. Yeah. When the Vikings rush for more than or Yeah, he's I, I think he's 40 and 0 in his coaching career when his team rushes for 30 uh 30 times or more. Yeah. And look, if if they get on a roll, which obviously that dictates tempo and they're they're controlling the clock and they're probably up right, they did last week. all this thing. Yeah, but look, if they can do that and they can really limit a lot of the big plays that, you know, Kyle Shanahan's definitely going to scheme up. I do feel like the Vikings have a chance. But I just feel like the 49ers are a better team. Yeah. Um, I do th- I do think, look, yeah, you have the golden child, the true golden child of Kyle Shanahan, which was Kirk Cousins. The 49ers wanted Cousins. That's who they wanted. And then they traded for Garoppolo, and then they paid him. So they never really got – he never really got his guy, right? He coached Cousins um, in, in Washington. In Washington and yeah. – you right know, after Sean McVay left. No, no, it wasn't right there, During the same time. It was, it was before Sean McVay became the OC. Yeah, but Sean McVay was like the QB coach at the time. And yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, that was his golden shot. I mean, like, you know, we listened to a unbuttoned podcast from Chris Sims. And yeah. Chris Sims is best friends with Kyle Shanahan. I mean, like, they're they're pretty good friends. Yeah. And, and that's all he, you know, that's Kyle Shanahan has told him a lot. That, like, that was his guy was Kirk Cousins. Yeah. And, and so... I think Kirk Cousins could offer Zimmer in this defense nuggets of hey, this is he's gonna want to do this in this situation, okay? Yeah. Hey, when we when we get down here, when they get in the red zone, he wants to do this, all right? Yeah. When, hey, and then you know I'm sure he's watching film and helping out a like a tiny bit and giving some nuggets. That way, Mike Zimmer can uh, create a great game plan and really get that defense to do what they can do. Yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I'll say it's. it's Easier when you have an opposing player rather mm-hmm. than a coach because the coach or when an opposing player knows a scheme rather than uh opposing player just knowing one player or the coach knowing one player mm-hmm. uh, where you can scheme around Kirk Cousins. Yeah. And not have Kirk Cousins affect the game that much. Whereas Kirk Cousins knows their schemes, knows their uh, tendencies, knows everything. Mm-hmm. Uh that Shanahan likes to do on the offensive end. And like you said, those little nuggets are going to be dropped, those little hints that, hey, maybe they run motion, uh, maybe this play, uh, maybe they run up the middle, they love to do the jet sweep mm-hmm. and run up the middle, and then maybe after five times they run the jet sweep and or actually run the jet sweep with uh, Debo Samuel yeah, or yeah. somebody like that or Ricky yeah. James Jr. Yeah, For, uh, I mean, just yeah. formationally, like... He's going to be able to offer some advice of like, all right, when they're in this, this certain formation and they bring this head on the field, yeah. in this situation, this is what they want to do. Yeah. All right, when they do this motion in this situation, this is what they're going to want to do. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, exactly. This is that's what Kirk Cousins then, could offer, and it could be a it could be an X factor to this game. We hear Boomer Farland say this all the time: tendency breakers. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins knows Kyle Shanahan's tendency breakers. Yeah. 
he being does. in that offense for a couple of years yeah. and, and actually thriving and being successful, yeah, yeah, he's and going to. It's going to. How I think that's why I think Minnesota is going to win. I think Kirk Cousins is ready to show that he's a good quarterback and probably deserves a little bit less money than what he got. But yeah, he's going to try to prove that he deserved that money. Uh, also, uh, one of my bold predictions of this game is Dalvin Cook's going to rush for uh, 150 yards okay. in this game. I think they're just going to tote the rock. I think Dalvin's going to get. Uh, I I want to say he he's going to carry the he's going to carry it at least twenty five to thirty times, uh, depending on who I, who else gets the ball because I know Madison's injured again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's depending on who gets the ball there, but he's going to run twenty five to thirty times, mm-hmm. and it's going to open up a lot of stuff in that passing game, which they have two of the best receivers. They have two top fifteen receivers in this league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's hard to cover both of them. One of them's going to get covered by the weaker corner. And they're going to beat them. It just happened that Adam Thielen was facing the weaker corner last week. Mm-hmm. And Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, Janoris Jenkins was locking up Stephon Diggs. Maybe so flip side. Maybe Richard Sherman goes on Adam Thielen. Stephon Diggs gets the other corner. Which I'm blanking on the name right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I can't think of him right now. And maybe they, he, Stephon Diggs has a huge game as well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and also, you know, I know I just kind of talked about the Vikings and Kirk Cousins, but I do feel like the 49ers will win this game because of their run game. Yeah. Look, I, I don't think they're going to ask too much of Jimmy Garoppolo in his first playoff game. I think he's going to be able to manage the game. He's going to be able to not make a lot of turnovers, and he's going to be smart with the football. I think they're going to – and this leads into one of my bold predictions. I think the 49ers as a team are going to rush for 225-plus yards – and they're going to score three touchdowns. I think the 49ers are going to win this game 27-21. to 21. And the reason I think the Vikings will be in this game is if you remember back when the Seattle Seahawks beat the 49ers, the guy that had the most impact on that game was Davion Clowney. Yeah. Uh, had a strip sack, a fumble recovery, a couple <laughs> sacks in the game. He had a huge game and a huge impact. He was getting back to the quarterback and hitting him all night long. I think Daniil Hunter is going to have four sacks and two forced fumbles. That is another bold prediction from this game. And I think he will have a big game because I think he's going to be able to torment and line up in different spots along that D-line and create chaos. Yeah. But I feel ultimately they're not going to have to rely on that passing game as much. They're going to be able to run the football, control the clock, um, because I love watching the 49ers run the football because what Kyle Shanahan schemes up, the way they run the football, the designs um, to what they do, I think is just really cool, and mm-hmm. I just really love watching that. That's so. why I think Kirk Cousins comes into play. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a score? Yeah, uh, 27-21, to 21, 49ers beat the Vikings. All right, sounds like you were about to pick the Vikings. 27-21? 27-21. All right, yeah, that's what and the, like uh, you were about to pick the Vikings. Yeah, and the, and the line on that is the 49ers um, are favored by seven points. Which I think it's so, a Yeah. Especially what the Vikings just did last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll move to Tennessee at Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Uh, last Saturday game, eight uh, fifteen p.m. Mm-hmm. on CBS. I don't know who's getting this game here because I'm assuming yeah, the yeah, better, yeah, the better, yeah, the better quarterback matchup, and Tony Romo's going to do the better quarterback matchup. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know who will get this game <laughs> unless they get it because Baltimore is not. It is. It is kind of far. Wait, maybe. It's going to be like a three or four hour flight, five hour flight. I, I don't. I mean, they could do both, but I, I see them like they're going to do the better quarterback matchup. So I, we're going to get a different crew on this one. Maybe we get Dan Fouts. 
Yeah, awesome. Yeah. If we get Dan Fouts, man, I'm... Gosh. <laughs> he, he, I, don't like, no, I don't think a lot of people like Dan Fouts uh, as an announcer. Maybe as a football player, but not as an announcer. So, we'll, so we got Tennessee at Baltimore, and we got the same team, except one team doesn't really have any faults on defense mm-hmm. uh, in Baltimore, and I honestly think that's the reason uh, Baltimore's going to win this game. Yeah. Uh, I got... 35-21. Okay. Uh, I just, I think Baltimore is going to have a lead in this game and or get a lead early in this game, mm-hmm. and they're going to keep it. Uh, also, uh, I'm going to do my bold prediction because it goes into why I think Baltimore is going to win here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to get 400 total rushing yards combined with both teams. Okay. Uh, I think Derrick Henry's going past the 200-yard mark, and I think just combined with the Baltimore rushing game, they're going to go over 200 yards. Uh, so 400 yards rushing total in this game. The biggest thing is uh, Baltimore has a top-five passing defense in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. I think they're number two against QB, or quarterback rating and number two against completions, and I think I want to say sixth in yards, uh, yards per completion or something like that. Mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill is going to struggle in this game like he did last week. Yeah. I just think Baltimore's a better team than uh, Tennessee. And also, we've seen last week when Patriots are utilizing power run, they were struggling a little bit. Mm. Uh, now, not, we're taking away the goal line situation. We're saying open field, non-goal line situations, they struggled against the power run in mm. the game. Um uh, and that's what Baltimore is, a power run team. They're going to pound it on your throat, and then they're going to get something with Lamar on the outside. Mm. And honestly, I think that's what's going to make the difference in the game is uh, Tannehill's not going to be able to complete some certain passes, and mm. Baltimore's going to be able to retain the lead and then just keep pounding the rock and keep uh, wasting time of possession. Mm. That's why I think... Baltimore's going to win the game. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I agree. I think Baltimore's <laughs> going to control the tempo of this game. I think they're going to run the ball a lot. I think Lamar Jackson's going to have success passing the ball. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. I have this score being 28-23. to 23. Again, the line on this game is Baltimore is favored by 10 points, which, look, I, I could very well see, um, like you, I mean, you have it a 14-point game. I, I could see it being easily over 10 points. Uh, but I do think the Titans are going to come in. They're going to be coached well. They're going to have a good game plan. Mm-hmm. Um, their defense, do they do have pieces that I like. Yeah. Jeffrey Simmons wrecked plays and all game out. long against the Patriots. He was out for the majority of the year. He didn't come back until like week 13. Week yeah, I mean, 14, me and you yeah. talked about him as, look, he could have been pick. a top five pick. I mean, that was consensus before towards ACL. Mm-hmm. He goes late in the first round to the Titans, has – one of the biggest plays of the season, if not maybe the biggest play of the season on that goal line stand, coming in and whooping the crap out of the center that the Patriots had and making a big play in the backfield. He could be key to this game, especially stopping a lot of uh, a lot of the read option type of stuff that they do up the middle and, and want to mm-hmm. fake and read. Like He could cause a lot of chaos in this game. I, I think they are going to give some fits to the, uh, to the Ravens. But uh, ultimately, I think Lamar is going to do what he does, and mm-hmm. I, I think he's going to pass for 250 yards. Uh, rush for 150, and I think he's going to be responsible for all four touchdowns. Whether that's three, you know, whether that's three throwing, <laughs> one rushing, two throwing, two rushing, um, but he will be responsible for all four touchdowns that I have them scoring. And I do think the key for the Ravens will be holding 
uh, Derrick Henry under 50 yards rushing. That's another thing I think they were going to be able to do. Um, because look, I think Baltimore. I th- I could see this game Baltimore getting up early. They're going to have to go to the pass game, and that passing game, uh, that passing defense is going to take over for Baltimore. Um, and then they're going to have to try to re- rely on the running a little bit for Tennessee, and they're just not going to be able to get it going and get into rhythm like, uh, like they're going to want to. Yeah, so. yeah, that's what it's kind of see happening. I just and also uh, I I do like the talent in on Tennessee's defensive end. I just don't know if it's yeah. uh, uh, schematically good uh, for Mike Vrabel's in because I do like the time on. I do like Logan Ryan. I do like uh, Malcolm Butler. I, I mean, do, look, they came in with a great game plan. I, I like know Kevin it was Byer. against the bad yeah. Patriots offense. That like that offense was really not that good this year. Um, but it was in Foxborough, and they shut down Tom Brady. Yeah, it's is it they they but the, 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 the issue is who, yeah. nobody's really proven to stop. Baltimore period this year, so yeah, so that's the thing. So if they can do it, Tennessee might be the favorite to win Super Bowl. <laughs> After yep. being New England in Foxborough and then having to go into Baltimore and be in Baltimore, it's possible. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I no. don't see it. So we'll go to Sunday Sunday football Sunday afternoon. Uh, they pushed it back to because I think Kansas City's playing. Mm-hmm. They pushed it back to three. I think they said they wanted to simulate like the the uh, the NFC and AFC championships, or something like that. They wanted to like align it with that or something weird. I don't know. That's making sense. That's honestly, I saw like a report honestly, on that. I think it's just a way to have two prime time slots. Yeah. For your games. Yeah. For sure. That's what I think going. That's why I think they probably did it. Also, Kansas City, a couple hours behind the Eastern Time Zone or wherever they are. They might be one hour. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Whatever, however the thing is divided and stuff, but mm. Kansas City, uh, Kansas City's at home versus Houston. CBS, three oh five p.m. Sunday. Uh, I said that kind of weird. Houston at Kansas City. There we. I said, mm-hmm. yeah, I said that all weird. But I got, gosh, man. Think about this game. Yes, like I, I've been going through it. I've been going through Houston and I've been going through Kansas City. The line on this game. Is Kansas City is favored by ten points? Are you serious? Yes, the Texans are ten point underdogs. They beat them in Kansas City earlier this year. I'll say this though: look, they're different teams. Look, that Texans team early in the season was a lot better than what they've been lately. I've not been impressed with the Texans, and if it wasn't for the fact that the Buffalo Bills could just not finish on offense, they wouldn't have had a chance in that game. Yeah, but because the Bills could not finish and could not uh, sustain drives long enough, the Texans were able to come back in it. Mm-hmm. And I don't look. I love Deshaun Watson. I always try to defend him. I know some people have issues with him, but the, the thing is, he does have sloppy mechanics at times. The thing is, he does. He's not always aware of the pressure that does come in. And if it wasn't for freaking uh, Matt Milano or whatever his name is coming in and hitting him, it causing him to spin out of the tackle. He sacked on the play. He didn't. Well, even, he didn't even sense the pressure. That's my thing. He is, just uh, stood there. Matt Milano. I mean. Messed up a lot in that game. He had three or four sacks in that game where he wasn't able to tackle Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Uh, so I and just, that's going to be the huge factor for me is I don't like the linebacking core of Kansas City. Okay. And if they and if they bring was that your jaw? Yeah. What? That was weird. <laughs> hey, jaw pops weird. Uh, that was weird. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I just don't like the linebacking core of Kansas City. It just doesn't because. That's the thing that scares me. I'm picking Kansas City in this game. Mm-hmm. It's going to be high scoring, though. I say it's going to be 
All right, so I'm making Kansas City. This is my official scoring. I'm going to go 45-42. Uh, if it's be... a game like that, man, I'll be pretty happy. But you're going to pick Kansas City? Yeah, I'm going to pick Kansas City. Uh, in, the, in my bow prediction, which I think is going to uh, have a huge factor of why it's so high scoring, Duke Johnson is going to get over 100 yards receiving. And Kansas City's the, I think, one of the the second worst or the third worst uh, team against running backs catching the football out of the backfield. It's it's pretty bad how I just don't like their linebacking core. Duke Johnson can get going. Mm. Still good. He's still a good player. And you can get Deshaun Watson going. He can make some people miss. Mm-hmm. Kansas City's going to have some trouble. Yeah. Uh, but I think the factor in this game, why I'm picking Kansas City, Terrell Suggs, I think it's going to go off. And that pass rush is going to go off against uh, Texans offensive line. Larry Tunsil's a really good player, but one player does not make up an offensive line. Yep. Uh, there's still a young group of people. I like what, I think, uh, was it Sharping yeah. from Northern uh, Northern Illinois? Uh, their like rookie. That, yeah. yeah, their guard. I think tackle. he's played pretty, or he's a tackle? Yeah, right. I think, I think he's been playing pretty good, mm-hmm. but he's still a rookie. He still has faults. Mm-hmm. If you had somebody like Terrell Suggs on him, He's going to struggle. He's a Hall of Fame caliber player right Yeah, now. and they allowed seven sacks last uh, last week. Yeah. And still, because of the heroics of Deshaun Watson and just some of the big play ability that he brings, they were able to pull out that victory when, honestly, yeah. they shouldn't have. That should have been a Bills win, and they the Bills, one, coughed it up, and two, um, well, we'll see they if, just made some big plays, man. And that, well, yeah, what are you no, saying? I'm saying if Will Fuller plays – uh, it, that could be a huge factor. That's the thing. I was I. I never can rely on him like week to week. Cause if he even if he plays, most of the time he's going to be out, um, due to some type of injury during the game. Whether he pulls something or just mm-hmm. like, you know, gets hit weird or just something happens like that. But he was uh, limited, uh, on Thursday's practice, so I, he was going to play, and even though. Kansas City has the uh, one of the top. It's weird they have one of the top uh, secondaries mm-hmm. in the league or passing defenses, and they have one of the worst rushing defenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Houston can get a lead early, like they did in the first game, and just milk time, Houston will win this game. You might be right. Sharpium was a guard. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, that's, yeah. Not, that's on me. That's on uh, me. Yeah, and I then they have, have Nick Martin there too, right? Uh, Zach Martin's brother. Yeah, this is the center. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you yeah, That's and uh, yeah, it's just a lot of young pieces there on the offensive side of the ball for the Texans, and they're not familiar with this area mm-hmm. uh, in the playoffs. Uh, I think D Hop may be the only one. Deshaun Watson's not familiar. Uh, offensive line's not familiar in this spot. Yeah, somebody like Terrell Suggs has been there. You had Casey who went to AFC Championship last year. Mm-hmm. I think Casey's going to be hungry. And I think it's going to be a high scoring. It's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be very similar to the uh, Steelers game and Jacksonville game, where okay. we might see a lead early, and then we might see like the game get closer as the game goes on. Okay, that's what I see happening. All right, so yeah, I've got the Chiefs winning, thirty-one to twenty, um, beating the Texans. I do think they will cover the spread. And I think Pat Mahomes is going to go off. Uh, I don't like the Texans' defense. I, I I think if Pat Mahomes does what Pat Mahomes does, which we all expect him to do, 
he's going to be able to capitalize far better than what Josh Allen was able to do. He's going to be able to put drives in the end zone. He's going to be able to finish out and yeah. not kick Te- field goals. Texans have one of the worst secondaries in the league. Yeah, for easily. And it's the, that, bu- that's it's a, the bust put together, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah Gary and Conley, Conley and Vernon Hargraves. Vernon Hargraves, former first-round picks that didn't pan out. Yeah. I mean, and the Chiefs' defense, to me, over the past few weeks, has played like one of the best defenses in the league. They're they're just tougher. Steve uh, Steve Spagnola is able to do more. He's calling more. He's being more creative because he because the guys are getting more familiar with his play calling, with what they want him to do, um, or with what they want, or with what he wants them to do. Is what I'm trying to say. And I mean, Steve Spagnola, we know is a great defensive coordinator. I mean, he was he he laid the blueprint of how to beat Tom Brady and the Patriots, and uh, coaching for the Giants. Um, as their D coordinator, and I, I do think I want you know a couple of bold predictions I have, or both from the Chiefs, where I think Pat Mahomes is going to throw for over 400 yards and four touchdowns. I think he's going to go absolutely off in this game. I think we're going to see Pat Mahomes on a mission. Um, last year, you know, you can say what you want. They got cheated out of this and that. They couldn't finish. They lost in overtime. If they got a chance, they would have won. There's all these different things, right? And I, th- I think Pat Mahomes is hungry. Um, he's a you know he's a good player. He's a great leader. And uh, he's going to come in firing it. And look, I do have issues sometimes with Deshaun Watson. I, and that leads me to this issue where I think the Chiefs will get five sacks and three turnover, uh, turnovers, whether that's from forced fumbles on uh, on Deshaun Watson or whether he's throwing some picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we've seen him throw and just, like, he tr- sometimes he tries to do too much, right? Mm-hmm. And the offensive line, like you mentioned, the offensive line is not good, right? Outside of Laramie Tunsil and you got a couple young pieces that are okay, but they're now they're nowhere close where you want them to be yet, mm-hmm. and I think this Chiefs defensive line, like you said, I think Terrell Suggs is a is a, is a key piece to watch. Terrell Suggs, Chris Jones, I think are going to have huge games in this game. Um, Tyron Matthew, I think may have a pick, um, come up in a couple big situations, and I, ultimately, I just think that the Chiefs uh, are just a better team. I think they're better coached. I think they're better prepared. And look, Andy Reid off a of bye. Is one of the best, if not the best, coach. I mean, it's like two losses, something yeah, like that, like uh, ever off a of bye, mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be incredibly hard for the Texans to go in. Look, I would love to see a forty-five to forty-two victory, though, uh, like you're saying. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be a fun game, though. You say thirty-one twenty. Thirty-one to twenty. Yep. Yeah. All right, so we're going to the last divisional round. Uh, our last prediction for the twenty twenty playoffs, right, or 2019-2020 uh, divisional round playoffs. We got Seattle at Green Bay, six forty. PM and we get our good old friends Joe Buck and Troy Aitman mm-hmm. on Fox. Yep. Uh, this game th- th- now here's some important stuff going to the game. Uh, Saturday it's supposed to snow the whole day in Green Bay. Sunday it's going to be cloudy for the majority of the morning, and then around kickoff it gets cloudy, and then and then it will start to pick up maybe some wind or something. And it's supposed to snow around 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock, and that could get pushed up. And we know how weather is. Mm-hmm. So there's a possibility we might get some snow in this game. Yeah. There's some possibility here. And that, and I think it's going to affect Seattle mm-hmm. a good deal here. Uh, because I think even though they're used to the elements and the rain, snow is, com- is a completely different animal than the rain. And, uh, and playing that cold weather, and I got Green Bay in this game. You got Green Bay winning? Yeah, 28 to 24. Okay. I just see them at home. Man, so you got, so you just give them to the Packers to go to the Super Bowl, huh? 
They're just going to face the Vikings and just be able to no, walk well, in. No, well, this, is, know, my, this is my thing. Uh, Green Bay, I think, could walk into the Super Bowl. Yeah. They could. Uh, they, they know how to beat the Vikings. Uh, they're going to be at home. If, if it goes the way I have it going, they're going to be at home. The thing is, I don't see them beating any of these AFC teams. Yeah. Except for maybe... Texans, in my opinion. The Texans or the Titans. Yeah. What's half the teams? Well, I, I don't see them being the Texans. I see them being. I, I don't see the Titans beating them because mm-hmm. they struggle against the run, and that's why I think this game is going to keep it. It's going to be close. Mm-hmm. I think Seattle's going to dominate time of possession. Yeah. Very. But I think Green Bay is going to be able to get some quick passes against the okay secondary, not the best secondary, mm-hmm. and uh, they're going to. My thing is. What's going to happen with the officiating? Because we've seen officiating in Packers games this year not be the best. Uh, look, I, I, I think the refs, if they've shown one thing, look, I know they do mess up in certain situations, but if if last weekend was any indication, I do feel like we're going to get some pretty fairly refed and officiated games coming up. Yeah. I, I hope so. I don't want to see any refs muddle with um, the experience of like what's going to happen uh, this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. And my thing is, my bull prediction is Aaron Jones is going to get 200 year, total yards in this game. Okay. Uh, Green, uh, Green Bay. Uh, Seattle struggles against uh, running backs coming out of the backfield catching. Uh, even though they do have Bobby Wagner. Mm-hmm. I think it's more in the KJ Wright and the outside linebackers. Mm-hmm. That's happening too. And also their offensive line is solid. Uh, they do hold. Mm-hmm. Uh not, I'm not the biggest fan of Bakatari, but I love Ryan Balaga. I think Ryan Balaga is really good. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to keep that defensive line in check. And DJ Reader is, uh, is he, he's, oh, that's Texas, my bad. Mm-hmm. He played East Way for Seattle. Uh, yeah, I don't know good. why I was thinking DJ Reader there. But it, if they're able to contain, uh, I was thinking of Al Woods. They have Al Woods? Yeah, they had Al Woods. He has suspended, though. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking of him. They're not going to have him either. But no. Uh, they got Puna Ford. I, I want to see what. Yeah, they have Puna. That's what I was thinking of Puna Ford. Uh, I just want to see how they utilize Javion Clowney here. If they can play him in the inside uh, and let him go up against those guards, their guards struggle mm-hmm. against really good pass rushers. Yeah. We've seen it in the first game against the Bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen it in the Vikings game, Vikings games. And we've seen it in the Detroit games. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- their interior offensive line struggles against power rushers. Yeah, and Jadavion Clowney could have a huge game here. Uh, my thing is though, I just don't trust Pete Carroll's play calling and decision making. And that, and the more conservative coach, which is Matt Matt Lafleur, is going to win the game, and that's how I see it going. Okay. Yeah. Um, I got the Seahawks uh, winning twenty-one to seventeen. And for a couple reasons. One, I've said this for a while now. I don't feel like the Packers are a Super Bowl team. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like what they do, they don't do anything special. Um, they don't really wow me in any area, offensively or defensively. They're just solid, right? They're a solid team. They haven't really beat a lot of great teams this season. The teams that they have beaten haven't had – like, they beat the Chiefs without Pat Mahomes. You know, they beat a couple teams where um, – you know, they won some in-division in games, obviously beating the Vikings a couple times. And and some of the losses have been pretty bad for me. And I know they're 13-3 and three and that accounts for something. 
But I, I, I do think the experience from Pete Carroll in these situations is going to be able to have a huge factor over Matt LaFleur in time management and situational football. I think Pete Carroll has learned from his mistakes. And I do think the Seahawks, although a weird team, have a team that could actually go and really make for um, a great game in the Super Bowl because of Russell Wilson and just some of the dynamic players that they have. Um, I think DK Metcalf is huge in this game. I think he's going to have a huge game. Uh, they're going to need him to. I think Tyler Lockett is going to come up big in this game. But I think the the uh, the the guy to keep an eye on is Marshawn Lynch, right? Like you've you've said for a while now, you've beaten a you, you know you you're beating a dead horse by saying it. The Packers' weakness is running the football, and the Seahawks want to run. Pete Carroll wants to run against a team like this. It favors them. It allows them to do what they want to do, and they have Marshawn Lynch. One of my bold predictions for this game is I think Marshawn Lynch is going to rush for over 100 yards and score two touchdowns. I think he is in line for a big game. I think he is back to prove something. He even said he has a little bit left to prove. He wants to, he wants to contribute. Um, and, and if he has anything to say, say about it, he's going to have a huge impact on this game. And also, I think the defense uh, for the Seahawks is going to have a huge influence over how this game goes, too. And I think they're going to force Aaron Rodgers to turn the ball over three uh, around three times, you know, maybe a pick and a couple of forced fumbles. I think Javion Clowney, like you said, Wyatt, I'm interested to see how they use him. Are they going to bring him inside? How are they going to use him on different stunts? Uh, he's going to be a huge key factor in getting to the quarterback and disrupting him, even if he's not getting sacks, by just hitting him and getting pressure on him consistently. And also Puna Ford is going to have a huge impact in this game as well. Um, and then obviously you have the big matchup of Bobby Wagner versus uh, Aaron Rodgers, just that kind of those classic quarterback linebacker duels that we always love to see um, that'll be a big factor and I'm just really curious uh, because I think out of all the games this game has the potential to be one the closest most down to the wire game that we have this weekend yeah I agree with you and uh, I just want to like my thing is though <clears throat> the last the last couple of years they've been in the playoffs they've lost in road games and uh, you had the what was it? What, what was they lost to Carolina? Mm-hmm. They lost to Dallas last year. They lost to Atlanta the year prior or the year before that. So a lot of their losses are coming. They lost to Atlanta again when Russell was a rookie. A lot of their losses come from being on the road in the playoffs, especially in the Russell Wilson era. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, they won a road game, but that was against the Eagles. No way in NFC East deserved to be in the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why I have Green Bay winning. That's another reason. It's just Seahawks haven't performed well on the road mm-hmm. in the Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll era mm-hmm. uh, in the playoffs. Yeah. That, that's just my thing. It's fair criticism. And, and I mean, that's look. why that game was so important, that last game of the season, that one yard. Yeah. And, yeah. and being in Lambeau is huge. Yeah. Uh, it's huge for the, uh, for the Packers. And having that bye week is huge for a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Being as old as he is, getting that rest, some of those guys getting healthy mm-hmm. on that. But I think the pa- the weakness for the Packers is that offensive line, and I think that's going to play a huge factor into this game. And I think if if the Seahawks want to win, like I feel like they they will and they have a chance to, they're gonna have to be able to run the football, and we're gonna have to see a big game from Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So, that wraps it up. Alrighty, well, uh, that wraps up our NFL divisional round playoff predictions um 
uh, we appreciate you guys listening, uh, tuning into this episode, and just uh, hearing our thoughts. And you know, kind of we're throwing some bold predictions at you, and just you know, seeing what happens. I thought that was, I thought that'd be kind of fun, just to kind of um, throw some of those out there and uh, and see if any of these crazy things that we're thinking um, have a chance to happen. Uh, but why? Where can they find you? Uh, underscore Sparky underscore four, and then you can find me at Varsity Ginger fifty five. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. We hope you guys have a great weekend of football. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, also if you listen to this podcast before you listen to our top ten games of the decade, go listen to that as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely yeah. go check out um, any of our top ten stuff. Right, yeah. uh, most of that stuff. You know, unless it's a couple. You know, unless it's like way far back last season. Most of our top ten stuff. Um, it's stuff that you could still listen to and, and that wouldn't be like out, outdated or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're looking, me and White talked about, we are looking to do a little bit more top 10 things or top five things and just, and, and, and like we said, a couple, you know, in a couple podcasts where we're almost looking to have like a debate, sort of speak, like mm-hmm. where we come with facts and stats and, and, and things to back up so we can argue and debate. This player versus this player, this game versus this game, this situation versus this situation, like this coach versus this coach. Like, I want to be able to line this up. And I think me and Wyatt definitely have some differing opinions on a lot of things, mm-hmm. on a lot of players. And uh, I think it would be kind of cool, you know, not to hold back and to kind of go at each other and then to see, mm-hmm. you know, and let you guys decide who do you guys think is right or wrong. Because, I mean, ultimately, we're just trying to have fun and, and debate some of these topics that we have in our, you know, in our head. And uh, I look forward to us doing that. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. Make sure to like, you know, comment, subscribe, uh, tune into the podcast, and uh, leave a review. Let us know what you think. You know, obviously, any criticism we appreciate. And uh, like I said, have a great weekend, you guys. Until the next podcast, peace. See you.